0: what up guys uh it's your host tony king of the casuals podcast um this is my first time recording a podcast so it's obviously going to be pretty bad and uh there may be zero of you there may be one of you there may be three of you i don't have my hopes too high i'm just looking to work through trial and error and if you like what you see please please let me know and send me a message but odds are this one's gonna be heard by no one so uh I'm just trying to use this as a learning experience going forward let's get into it uh for the first fight we had an arthur versus davide farachi on frank warren's card you know my thoughts on this uh, this fight was designed for lyndon arthur to look good you know he's coming off a big win against anthony yard um He's ranked number, number one on the WBO ranking. So I think Frank was giving him a chance to to really come out and show what he's made out here. And, uh, I was, I was not impressed. Uh, I think, you know, his opponent, Davide Ferracci, I hadn't seen too much of him, but I do pay attention to the Italian fighters. He looked undersized. You know, Linden was the bigger man in there. Ferracci was arguably a super middleweight, uh, his attack was pretty crude. He was on his he was on his toes, he was on his feet, but his punches I mean first off there was no power on them. Second off, I thought they were thrown his his right hand sometimes he threw it he threw it like a hammer fist coming down. At one point he almost he almost hit Linton with an elbow. So I mean he didn't offer much an attack. That being said Farachi did throw a lot of volume, and uh, some rounds, you know, Lyndon Arthur looked gassed, he looked tired. I think Farachi outworked him in some of those rounds. Um, Does that mean he was on his way to a victory? No. You know, Lyndon got got the win, got stoppage, but he really did look like shit. You know, the commentators Mm. had been saying to us what an elite jab Lyndon Arthur has, and I just didn't see it you know and farachi the jab clearly wasn't wasn't stopping him in his tracks at all he was walking forward he did eat some he did eat some brutal shots but you know this was a pretty weak opponent despite the undefeated record this was a pretty weak opponent and and linden completely failed to to impress me at all i think he failed to impress a lot of people um do I think he should fight Joe Smith? No, I mean Joe Smith. We know wants to be in a unification fight with any anyway. But at this point, I think I think Joe Smith would just eat him alive. What's next for him, Lyndon Arthur? I mean, um, I can't say. You know, can we step him up to the world level? I don't think Frank wants to do that. I really don't. But you know, it seems Frank Warren wants to put him in a rematch with Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard's opponent dropped out of the fight. I don't know if it was last minute or or before, but I think Frank feels as though Anthony Yard maybe has a higher ceiling on his career, and I feel like he wants to give him a chance to get that one back. If I were Lyndon Arthur, I wouldn't take that rematch. I feel like he should move on and try and build himself up slow, but if he, if he turns in performances like Saturday, it's, I mean, I don't think he's going to go much further than the English domestic level. If that's me. So on to the next one. All right, moving on. We had the DAZN card. It was a golden boy card. Um, the first fight on that card was William Zapata versus Hector Tanahara. Um, Tanahara was trained by Robert Garcia. And, uh, you know, I think some people had had hopes for Tanahara. He came out, he had a good first round. He was moving around, he was using his jab. Uh, William Zapata, we saw he had a long lead step, a lot of pressure, and he was sticking his lead foot out quite a bit. Tanahara tripped over it a couple times, circling out. Um, But, you know, after that first round, Zapata's pressure really really took over he was walking forward uh he was he was taking it inside by the third round Tanahara he seemed out of his depth he was trying to trade inside and you could hear in the corner uh Robert Garcia just begging him to start throwing his jab and circling that did not happen Zepeda was hitting big combos he was shoe shining It, it it really got bad in there and uh Between rounds, Garcia ends up stopping the fight. William Zapata wins. I'm excited to see more of this guy. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see more Zapata, And uh, who they match him up against, tough to say. But Golden Boy, they have a good fighter there. I'm looking forward to seeing more. All right, the next fight, the one I was looking most forward to the weekend, was Javier Fortuna versus Jojo Diaz Fortuna was supposed to fight Ryan Garcia before Garcia dropped out with the mental health issues. I'm sure you've all heard about, and uh, Jojo Diaz is moving up to lightweight after losing his IBF, super featherweight title on the scales. His last fight was against Rakimov and uh, he didn't look good. You know, that fight ended at a draw and Jojo Diaz to his credit, jumps jumps up and weight to lightweight and he comes in prepared, looking like a warrior. you know he he clearly took this fight more seriously. He was in shape. Uh, obviously didn't have problems with the cut. Um, his hair was black, he had a mustache. he looked like a completely different guy, uh, more serious. Uh, against Rakimov. he came out with I think it was red or pink hair, if I remember right, he does change his look through fights, but he just looked serious. he looked focused. You know, he's got a new baby, and uh, you could tell he was looking looking to do some, something big in this fight. And to his credit, he did not need to take a fight this hard in his jump up to lightweight. He really put himself out on a limb, and I hope in the future more boxers start doing that. Okay? So into the fight we go. Okay, this fight at the beginning, you know... I thought Fortuna looked rangy, looked good. He was bouncing around, he was in his rhythm and to be honest, after that first round I thought I thought in my mind Fortuna was going to was going to have this one in the bag. You know, I didn't think Diaz had enough reach or range or good enough footwork to to make Fortuna pay, really. He did not have the power on his shots, I thought, but Diaz proved me wrong. He proved me wrong. Um, one point here was the uh, the kind of story of the fight seemed to be that uh, Diaz was frustrated with Fortuna's gamesmanship in there. Uh, Sergio Mora on his own commentary specifically really he kept hitting home how frustrated Jojo Diaz was getting by by the dirty. <laughs> dirty Javier Fortuna in there. And uh it did seem like he was, you know, he shook his head a couple of times, but I think I think he dealt with it pretty well. Did end up getting warned by the ref to stop hitting at the back of the head. Jojo says he's turning he's turning his head. Did end up taking a point from Jojo on that, but you know, I think he I think he dealt with it pretty good. He also had a cut above his left eye, which I think it's cuts are tough. he had he had suffered suffered from a cut in a previous fight. I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but um, he dealt with this one well. He was bleeding a lot, but he overcame that. And um, you know, by round nine, Fortuna was inside. Diaz was hitting some good combos. He had a really good three punch combo. And he really rocked Fortuna in an exchange by round 10. You know, he'd really, he'd really imposed himself on the fight. He was walking forward, applying pressure. And um, that changed in round 11. He took the round off. He took the round off, and uh, that's fine. Was it his gas? You know, was it a tactical decision just to, he knew he was ahead on points to finish strong in 12 as opposed to, to leaving some of it in there at 11 either way he comes out with a unanimous decision and I really liked what I saw I don't know what his next move is he seems adamant he wants to stay at super featherweight or rather go back to super featherweight I'd like him to stay at lightweight I think I think he's a a young guy and maybe maybe the cut to super featherweight isn't as easy as it once was. And I would just like to see him stay at lightweight and take another fight. I think people would like to see him against Devin Haney. You know, I think a lot of people would like to see that fight and he should, he should stay up, maybe have a couple more fights at lightweight before he decides, decides to go back down. They don't necessarily have to be as difficult as Fortuna, but I think he could, I think he could fight the best in that division. Is his is his frame made for that division? Maybe not, but you know, I'd like to see more of him at that division. So that's my that's my opinion on that. The main event of that DAZN card was Gilberto Zerdo Ramirez versus Sullivan Barrera. Um, Sullivan Barrera, thirty nine years old, he had been very inactive. I think it was two years since his last fight. Um, people like to chirp, to harp on Ramirez for, you know, some weak opposition. He did fight Vlasov in 2015. I remember his fight against Arthur Abraham, fought Hart. I mean, have his fights been pretty weak opposition as of late? Yeah, they have. But this, this was a step up. This is his first fight with Golden Boy, and you know, Barrera's a name. Barrera beat Smith Jr. Um, also fought Hart, and uh, he's a good opponent, or at least he was in his prime. He's got an impressive resume, and um, you know Barrera's often dropped early. So I was wondering, I was wondering whether we could see an early, an early KO. Uh, the opening round was pretty, it was pretty cagey, but Ramirez looked good. He's got great technique, great body shots. He can mix it up, outside, inside. You know, he was really throwing that uppercut, and uh, he looked good. Barrera moved forward, threw a few punches, but at the end of the day, the body shots were just too much. I think he dropped three times, delayed, delayed knees. He took to the body shots, and eventually, it was just it was just too much for him. Uh, he didn't recover, and he he went down big with a body shot again. So uh, early stoppage for Ramirez, and he won this fight pretty convincingly. I think that fight, this first Golden Boy fight against Barrera, did more for him than all of his fights at top rank. You know, this is really his coming-out party. Who do we see him against next? I'd love to see him just get in there with the elites of the division to be honest with you. This guy's been undefeated for a long time, obviously. And we've known about him for a long time. For me, the first fight I saw of his was against Arthur Abraham. And uh, he looked great in that fight. That was a long time ago. And he's still really yet to to make the elite step. So I'd like to see him go up against Bivol. I'd like to see him go up against Beterbiev or, or Joe Smith Jr. And you know, could he win those fights? I think he can. This guy's, this guy's a great technical puncher. He could do it all. Sullivan Barrera, on the other hand, um, I'm not one to call for somebody's retirement. Uh, I think he might still have some left to give at 39. I'd like to see him just fight some easier opponents. Maybe Maybe this fight will never happen, but maybe barrera versus versus uh lyndon arthur (laughs) i think barrera could still beat the shit out of lyndon arthur if i'm being honest with you so maybe make a fight on that level you know and let's see what happens i think was this a bad showing for him it's tough he had ring rust he hadn't been fighting what was his training regime like through covid we don't know And he is an older guy at 39. So I'd like to see Brera in one more fight before he hangs it up personally. All right. Now to finish off, we just got uh, news and notes. Um, I'm sure as I'm sure you've all heard from, from different podcasts and YouTube channels, uh, the fight with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury has been postponed till at least October. Tyson Fury tested positive for COVID This is the saga that, the saga and the drama that never ends with these two. You know, it's it's been like a soap opera. And personally, I'm sick of it. I just I want to see them fight. It's been a long time. You had the arbitration. You had the Deontay Wilder talking about the cheating and his gloves were loaded. The ref was racist. The ref was drunk. Uh, What else? Mark Breland spiked by water. It's, it's just, it's been a complete soap opera. And I just, I just want to move past this stage of the heavyweight division. Um, Dillian White offered to come in. I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he's like to get his name in there, but we'll see if Wilder ends up fighting anyone. I think he'll just wait till October. I, I don't know if this fight's ever going to happen until these two actually step in the ropes and are across for each other i don't think i'm ever going to believe that this fight is going to happen and i'd just like to see i i mean at this point usek joshua is is what i have my hopes set for in the heavyweight division because this third fight i don't know and to be honest with you well there always has a chance with that right hand but tyson fury won I think he won the first one as well, which was a draw. And obviously, we saw it happen in the second fight. Do I care to see this one again? Not really. Not really. So, there was that. And uh, my mind's kind of drawing a blank here because I hadn't read the news, but apparently, Joseph Parker was seen, despite his uh, positive COVID diagnosis, allegedly, at uh, Poirier-McGregor 3. I don't know the intricacies of what happened there, but that's another thing we'll we'll see play out, I'm sure. So um, that was the podcast for the week. Next week, we're going to be back on Monday, maybe maybe Friday this week to preview some fights. We'll see. I'm new to this, so I'm going to try out some things, and uh, hopefully the next episodes are, are more bearable. Thanks, guys.